Jokic behind his back. What a taste like Jokic. Your sitter. Wow. Uh, as long as they're fans on this point, that's all I care about. So the Warrior fans can be here, the Celtic fans can be here, Laker fans can be here. But take that L on the way out. Jokic. Welcome into the Pickaxe Podcast. It is Zach Nikosh and Gordon Gross with DenverStiffs.com coming to you guys here on a beautiful Monday morning in Denver, Colorado. We are getting ready for the Denver Nuggets regular season to start. The preseason is over. Regular season is here. The Nuggets will get it kicked off on Wednesday this week. But first and foremost, Gordon, how was your weekend, sir? Good, good. It's always nice when you get to not have to work either day of the weekend. So I lucked out to the time. Did. I did not. I was not so fortunate. You didn't. This is yeah. it's my own, uh, by my own choice, though. I sometimes I don't know why I sign myself up for these things. Um, anyway, so the Nuggets also were working, or actually had the weekend off uh, after finishing up the preseason on Friday night with the second straight game against the Portland Trailblazers, second straight blowout of the Portland Trailblazers. Carbon copy the first one, basically. Right. Yeah, it was. Um, I mean, not, not even they. They got off to an even better start. Like it was ridiculous. Oh, it was. Uh, it was a a like yeah. You you thought there was no possible way they could back up uh, <laughs> what they had just done, and then. They ended up pretty much having putting out the exact same performance uh, in the second night. The second night, though, they didn't have have to play against Damian Lillard, so I guess there was. Yeah, they they pulled they pulled Dame. They they didn't play everybody, but I mean, they didn't pull Nurkic, but they might as well have. And they did play their Terry Stotts played like his like rotation. Yeah, um, a lot longer than Michael Malone did. That's for sure. We'll get into a little bit into the Blazers specific, ugh, specifically in just a second here. But I want to start, Gordon, with I think the thing that, that which got to be the top storyline um, coming out of the the preseason for the Nuggets, which is this sort of uh, quote unquote, I guess, competition at the small forward spot. Because we had the comments from Will Barton after he he was obviously out game one of the preseason. Game yep. two, he comes in off the bench. We have the comments. He doesn't want to be a six-man. He's a starter, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and then he starts the third game. Michael Porter Jr. comes off the bench. So, I mean, in your mind, do you think there is a, a open competition right now for that small forward spot? Or was that kind of uh, coach just throwing Will a bone there in that final preseason game? Um, I feel like it was a bone. Um, but that could just be projection because it better just be a bone. Like, (laughs) and this has nothing to do with Will. Um, Will Barton is, is almost certainly a more well-rounded player than Michael Porter Jr. at this point. Like that's, that's just a fact. Um, he is sometimes oversized. If he's playing the three for the nuggets as a starter, um, the same position that Michael Porter would be playing. And that's why Michael Porter would go to the bench instead. Um, then, you know, the difference between Will Barton at 6'5 and MPJ at 6'10 is rather legit. Like, there, there's nice. a size difference. There's a weight difference. Like, Will Barton is going to be a small, small forward. But he's a talented scorer. Like, he can, he knows how to defend. He's, he's at least an average defender, um, especially as, as when he's, an, when he gives the effort that you need to on that end. Right. I'd um, say above average when he's given the effort. Yeah. 
I mean, Will Barton is is a really good player. the The problem is, um, he's not going to be here. Um, and that I mean, I guess that's projection. He could be back, but if you have Michael Porter Jr. and you're going to pay Michael Porter Jr., then you know because his extensions, he's up for extension after this year. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now, you will have to make make a decision on whether or not to give him an extension. Yeah. The season, yeah. But. I mean, he'll be a restrictive free agent too, but. Then you get into poison pills and all sorts of other stuff. Right. Or will you just get – I mean you look at what happened with Gordon Hayward, right, and the Utah Jazz. If you make a guy go out and get somebody else to make that max deal offer, it can sometimes sour that relationship. It's generally he could uh, not worth it. He could also just take thing, you though. up on the qualifying offer and play for right. one year and be a free agent. Right. Yeah, and that's, and that's the uh, – I mean that's the thing that you have to be – cautious of here or or that I think you have to recognize when you're considering the evaluation of Michael Porter Jr. for the season is you're absolutely right. Like you're gonna have to make a decision on whether or not you want to give that guy a max contract after this yeah. season. Like that's that's the first time that decision is coming up. Um and you can pass and and still have a plenty of chance to offer to him uh down the road. But if if you're courting if disaster. He, yeah, it's it's exactly it's it, the best case scenario is to it's for him to be worth it and for you to offer it just like you did with Jamal Murray. And that's, I mean, and that's, that's kind of really Jamal wasn't even the best case scenario. There was, there was a bit of a risk there, a bit of paying for promise uh, with that deal too. So uh, you're going to probably, you're going to be staring that down, down the face uh, at the end of the season. So I think I get what you're saying there, uh, Gordon. And and I agree. I don't think Will Barton, he's not going to be the starting small forward. I would, I would would commit to that. Yeah. I won't say but he that won't doesn't be. mean he can't be like the starting shooting guard. Right. Well, right. And he could be the starting shooting guard, but then who's running the bench? Who's who's scoring off the bench? Like you, you run into stagger Nobody. problems. It doesn't doesn't mean that you couldn't start well, but it would mean that you would be starting well and then putting Gary Harris in at four minutes so that he gets a nice long run and then Will comes back in with the bench. Like you're doing it just to like mollify Will, basically. And you could right. do that if that's going to be an issue for you. Um, but yeah, but that you don't. I mean, it's it somewhat would be like a repeat of what you happened with Nurkic and, and Jokic, right? Like you put, okay, we're gonna bring Jokic off the bench because we need to uh, keep keep Nurkic happy, and it just didn't work. Like right. you gotta if, if Michael Porter Jr. is your best guy and Will Barton is your best guy, uh, then they, they should be your starting two guys. If Gary Harris is the best guy, then then he should be the starting guy. Like there's gotta be. I I don't think you can try and make guys happy. Um, by kind of making them that like sort of pseudo starter, if you're not actually going to keep them in there for like a good eight minutes to start the game. Well, and I, I agree with you. My my only issue, my issue with the whole thing is that MPJ needs to be playing next to Jokic and Murray, and he needs to be yeah. the other option. If you put Will Barton in there, ne- even at even at guard next to Michael it's Porter Jr. for the whole time they're playing together, let's say that you stagger them all and you don't you don't try to you know, they're all in one shift. So you hockey line them out. They're your first hockey line, then then at like eight minutes or whatever, you start pulling everybody but Jokic. You know, um you're he's not gonna be the third option. He'll be the fourth option. And you don't need to know if Michael Porter Jr. can be your fourth option. You need to know if Michael Porter Jr. can be your third best player worthy of a max contract. And you need all the minutes that you can get to find that out. So yeah. even though Will Barton could play as the as the starting shooting guard. And I think that would be fine. I think it hurts the bench, and I think it hurts Michael Porter Jr. finding out if if the role that the Nuggets need him to play is one that he can fulfill. 
because they have to know that. Um, if, yeah, it, if it doesn't I, work I with those guys, if those three guys cannot make it work together, then you should probably re-sign Will Barton and trade Michael Porter Jr. while he's got like incredible amounts of value. Right. Yep. Exactly. Like, like I mean, yeah, that's right. where you're at, right? Like, those yeah, are those are your options. Resign Will Barton and, and trade Michael Porter Jr. for James Harden. Right. Like that's you know that's where you should probably. I mean, go you could you it. know trade him for Ben Simmons. Like, I don't care, but like, right. work it out. the The problem that you that you have is if MPJ is great, but he can't play with Murray and Jokic. This is the year you have to know, and you can't find that out with him demolishing like the 11th best player on some other team. Right. Okay. Like oh, he's going to be a good bench player. Be we found that out in these Portland games, you know, where he was, he looked good coming off the bench in, in the third game. Of course he yeah. did. He's better. He just like Will said, when Will looked good in the second game, yeah. he was like, I should look better than those guys. I'm a starter. Well, that's and the it, same thing that Porter's in. I should look better than those guys. I am a starter. And I think that's uh the, the, the big, kind of key there too that in the point that you're making and why you really don't want Will Barton to start uh, as shooting guard next to Porter is when you think about the three preseason games you know the first one they end up losing uh, they almost came back and won it but they they really fell in a hole uh, in that first half and in really kind of at at the end of the first quarter Um, both times against Portland that's really when they really kind of blew things out of the water was when those bench units started coming in uh, and and started uh, basically taking it to the Blazers bench units. And, and granted, the Blazers maybe aren't as deep um, as the Warriors. I, I don't know that they necessarily are. But um, the, the Nuggets bench units had a scorer in those Blazers yep. games, whether it was Barton or, or MPJ. And both times, I think that really kind of made the difference for that, those bench groups to have that one guy, that that one sort of shooter and scorer, and then really in that second in that second preseason game against the uh, Blazers, so the third the final preseason game overall, they also put Bull Bull in there next to Porter Junior, which just <laughs> just caused all kinds of havoc. Yeah, well, and that was the other thing that happened at the end of the uh, the second game is Bull Bull got in for five minutes and put up like ten points and six rebounds. Right, he's just going berserk right. because it, you know, I, and I don't blame him. You know, a Bull Bull is another guy who should get minutes, but I don't know where the Nuggets are going to find them. Yeah, it looks like he's on the outside uh, looking in right now, I would say, wouldn't you think? Yeah, well, my guess is that they're going to get there when they rest people. Like, Well, yeah, or the first guy, like one of the first people to get, he's obviously he's obviously the first forward or big injury uh, off the bench. Because as we saw, Jermichael Green was out in that final preseason game, so Bull Bull, Bull uh, got minutes. That's just it. If Jermichael Green gets out, if... Uh, Paul Millsap gets out if Michael Porter Jr. gets out. Even if uh, Will even Barton. potentially if Will Barton yep. is out, like the, those guys are going to get Bull Bull might be the guy that they. Well, because Bull Bull is, just, he's a scorer. Like it's he's such a right. weird player, and it's always funny to me to listen to Scott Hastings, who just can't figure out that he's not a center. Like <laughs> Bull Bull, I know he's Scott wants him tall. on the block so bad. Yeah, he really <laughs> wants him on the block blocking shots, and he's like, he has to get stronger. He's not gonna get stronger. Like, I, I mean, he can, but he's not going to get significantly bulkier. Like, right. you're looking at the player he's going to be. He's a he's 7'2". He should be 6'9". You know what I mean? Like, right. he should be Andrew Wiggins. He's just really tall, which changes <laughs> some stuff. But in a fun way, you get all the blocks you'd never get from Andrew Wiggins. Right, right. 
and he gets some uh, sometimes he gets some rebounds just by standing there. Now, the, the thing about Bol Bol and, and and the reason I think that, that that he's on the outside looking in right now is just like he's just. I guess it's like a motor thing. Is like I can see, you know, there and there was some talk about that was one of the reasons he slipped in the draft too was because there was there was a, a question about desire, um, and I think you can see it in the way he plays, right? Like there's just like sometimes like man, like does this guy realize he's seven foot two? Like does he understand like if you just if you crash those boards just a little harder, like you will get that rebound. Um, he could not he could not box out Enos Cantor. No. Uh, to save his life, but a lot of to guys be, like uh, were fair, struggling with Edith that. Enos Cantor one. has like one skill. Yeah, exactly. That is right, the yeah, skill I mean, that Enos Cantor has. Right, right. That's what I was gonna say. I mean, a lot of guys were struggling. The only guy who could box out Enos Cantor was Nikola Jokic, and he only played a half. So, right. Um, I mean, and the Nuggets aren't really built for that. I mean, Hartenstein didn't didn't stop him either. Like, right, right. You know, that's uh, Enos Cantor has. I would like this rebound now, and um, I'm going to do a whole bunch of dirty things to you to get it. Like that's <laughs> that's his skill, that's, and that's fine. That's like that's his, a very useful know. bench skill to have, you know. That and overestimating his his contributions to a team seem to be Ines Cantor's sole NBA powers. But that doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, don't forget, don't forget whining to the refs on social. Also media. good, but he, I mean he's <laughs> he's got that, and that's why you use him for fifteen minutes a game. You know he'll get there and yeah, do that right stuff. exactly. Yeah, that's. I mean, he he's got a role, yeah. uh, and he and he fills it well, and, and you could see that there. But but it's but, but still the point being. I mean, Bobo, I think is just Bobo. Uh, he's a guy who understands the fine points the of how to use his body, and I agree with Hastings on that. Right. That that right. when you watch Bobo play, um, he is not maximizing his wingspan. He's not even maximizing his his scoring potential. No, he's not. Yeah, he 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 settles for jumpers. Because, you know, I mean, I get it, dude. Like, no one can block your shot. I understand that. But, man, Dude, like, he finger-rolled at the rim. Why? You're seven. Yeah, I was like, you're also... Why are you finger-rolling in some way? <laughs> just dunk that it. thing, please. So... Or or just, like, the thing, it's like, man, why are, why are you sitting back here, you know, in... in settling for a jumper when it's literally, like, one step to a layup right. for you, you know? But he'll take a he'll take a like a twenty foot jumper instead. But I, I, so I, it's, it. so I understand why he's not in the rotation. But I am. Right. Well, yeah, I don't expect him to be in the everyday rotation. You know, right. but I do. Expect and, but minutes. the production when he gets out there is undeniable. Yeah. It's just like it's just like Michael Porter Jr. Yeah. last season, right? Like, yeah, you you can see the warts and the stuff that they've still got to work through as young players. But like, when the production is just undeniable when they are on the court, yep. like the ball when the ball gets in their hands, they score points, they get rebounds, they put up ten points and six six boards in six right. minutes. You know, and that that's my thing. For me, I'm not asking Bol Bol to go out there and stuff Anthony Davis. Like I'm asking right. Bol Bol to go out there and dunk on Enos Cantor. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, so for uh, me, like I, I expect him to get better at that this year. He didn't have a lot of practice time last year. The foot problem bothered him all the way through right. March. The March stoppage. Yeah, he. I mean, he. Yeah, he didn't. He was obviously not ready to go until until the bubble. Uh, yeah. The bubble, and then he got and then he got some time, but it was like again in like weird, you know. Like you know, lineups that featured everybody over six foot nine and right. stuff. So, so, so for me, like the bowl bowl situation is a little different. But the Nuggets do have these extra players who might be magic if they get real minutes. But there's also players around them who are more 
reliable. Their variance is not so high. Like the biggest problem with Michael Porter Jr. that Malone had last year was, okay, so your offensive contributions are noted, but you can't stop anybody. Like, right. and, and at some point right. he's like, I can't play you if you can't stop anybody. Now, Right, and well, yeah, and it, we saw it in the playoffs in particular, where he's like, you know, we, we they open the playoffs with Michael Porter Jr. as a starter, um, and every single time down Donovan Mitchell, they'd get the ball to Donovan Mitchell's hands. He'd run a pick and roll uh, with whoever was uh, defending Michael Porter or whoever Michael Porter Jr. was yep. defending. Get that switch, and then yeah, Donovan Mitchell one on one against Michael Porter Jr. and there was there was just no chance. Right. Um, whatsoever, and it became it got to a point where was, where coach was like, I I can't I've got I'm gonna have to start Jeremy Grant. I can't keep playing uh, Michael Porter Jr. because he's just he's just not playable on defense. Right. Now, right now I will and tell so, you, yeah. we had that with Jamal Murray and Derek White a couple of playoffs ago. Oh, and we've had that with Nicole. Yeah, we Jokic. had that with like, Nicole Jokic. Stopping, do that to Jokic like, like all the time. Like you don't, yeah. but they didn't pull those guys. Like so. So my thing for that is still, I don't care how bad he is right now. He's not going to get better from the bench. Yeah, and I and I mean I hope again. I mean I guess we we'll have to see what happens here on uh, Wednesday night. But my hope would be that that, that we're at that yep. point now where, where where the understanding is Michael Porter Jr. Uh, is the starter. I want to move on to some guys though. It says that are new to the team. Um, the Nuggets have what was it like? I mean, they're going to have like eight new players, I think, seven or eight new players um, on the roster. I think there's there's a couple who stood out uh, to me. I know the first one Blacko, we're no. mention has got to be it, – it's, you know, hey, well, Blacko is uh, – man, I still wish he – I wanted to make the shot so bad, man. Just for you, my friend. Just great. for you. Uh, yeah, right. But um, so, I mean, Facundo Capazzo is obviously um, – was kind of the I think the big story. Obviously, we got to see some of those flashy passes. He had one. Uh, he had the uh, the the whip pass to I can't even remember who it was because uh, they missed the layup um, in, in that first game against the Warriors, and then again the second game against the Blazers. He had that sweet uh, backspin back lead pass. Was ridiculous. <laughs> that, that, that's some that's some heady passing right there. So I mean, uh, but but he's a guy who, again, another guy kind of like uh, obviously Michael Porter Jr. You're wondering, well, is he going to be the starter? And then I think the other big question in terms of rotation is, is is Faku going to play or is it going to be PJ Dozier? Because man, PJ Dozier looks really good. I would like to say that it's no brainer that you put the guy who's the offensive genius in there. But it's right. Malone, and you have a guy who's six six and can defend, versus a guy who's five eleven and is energetic. Yeah, but the the thing that might work in his favor though is he's probably got the biggest, uh, he's probably got the biggest give a damn out of anybody on the uh, on the team. Yes. So that works in in favor with yes. Malone. Yes, and and I really think that that and the veteran presence of him will be what Malone relies on. I I think that um. Dozier's going to get some small forward minutes when you need like a defender and you just need one or when Gary Harris, like, you know, tweaks a hamstring or something, you right. know, and you just want to give him some rest and you put Dozier into the role of defending the twos and the threes. 
Here's my theory on what's going to happen. I think Faku's going to be actually on the outside looking in. I think he's basically going to be the 11th man in the rotation uh, out of 10 to start the season. And the very second P.J. Dozier like slips up in any sort of way, Malone's going to put in Faku and then like not have to like – like I feel like that's the way it's going to be. He's like, all right, all right. You know, P.J. Dozier's played – Really good, you know. He's he's the young kid. I'm gonna I'm gonna put him in. I'm gonna I'm gonna play him. Uh, but the minute the minute he gets a chance, he's gonna be like, nope. I'm putting in I'm putting in Faku, and he's gonna be in there. See, for I don't I don't, I don't know that long. it makes that big a difference for like what Dozier's done. Faku makes more money. Faku's the veteran. They already have Dozier under contract. It's not like you have to worry about losing him after this year. Like you're set. Yeah, but he's just. I don't know that I, I'm with you. I'm with you on all those things. It's like, yeah, but <laughs> PJ Dozier oh, can I play, know man. Did. That's why I was surprised they signed Faku, but they didn't sign Faku. Just yeah, or, or the extended Monte. That yeah, was a signing signing Faku and extending Monte creates a like a huge question mark about PJ Dozier's role. Um, and he knows right. it too. That's why he he's volunteered to go play small forward, even though he's a one. Like. Right. He's like, I get it. I understand that in, when I look at this roster, I've got Murray, I've got Monte Morris, and I've got Faku Campazzo ahead of me. I'm going to have to move positions to get minutes. Right. Yeah. That's, I mean, and, and it's just, that's the thing is they've got, they've got right now like 11 guys for sure. Um, 11 guys. And then there's a couple of other guys. I mean, because um, I think about like Zeke Naji is another guy of like, he's looked Really good, and granted, he's a rookie, and it's only been a little bit. But like, man, like I tell you what, for a guy uh, who you signed to be kind of like a an energetic guy on defense, and developmental, and then, yeah, uh, yeah, and then be a you know a basically a, fill that kind of stretch four role uh, on offense. Like, I tell you, he knocks down shots from the corner. That's for sure. So Zeke Naji has a terrific starter pack on being a long term NBA player. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute! You can rebound and stretch the floor, and you can block some shots. Uh, right. you make your that's you make, you make your free throws. You hustle. Like you're exactly. gonna be in the league a long time, boy. Like that's a, that's how it's gonna go. Like that's a guy. That's a guy. I feel like if the Nuggets were, you know, um, not a playoff team, like just kind of like a middle of the pack team. Like that's a guy who probably is uh, definitely getting minutes. If the, on your if the roster, Nuggets were a... the Kings, I can't really yeah, say exactly. that because the Kings have like exactly. seven forwards or whatever. But well, yeah, right. But like, I mean, that, that's what you're thinking. Like, like if he shows up, you're gonna find him minutes. Like uh, R.J. Hampton, you can see some skills, but he isn't quite ready for the NBA. Yeah, it's like he's raw. R.J. needs some. Uh, R.J. needs some seasoning. I, hopefully, there'll be a, an opportunity. But I find that interesting because some, he played against pros. Play. And Zeke only is still is still nineteen. He's not an older player. Like, right. yeah, the but Zeke did get to play uh, a full college season, whereas RJ got hurt, so he was only you know. I mean, RJ is just like Moutier, right? He's a guy who like basically he he went overseas and played you know a dozen games, and then um, and then that was it. So, uh, the other interesting guy though that I think newcomer we got to talk about is uh, Isaiah Hartenstein. Who you like looks, uh, looks, looks. I mean, pretty, pretty fantastic. I would say. I mean, at least look at the seamless transition uh, from from Plumley to him. I think, and also again, another guy who knocks down his free throws and has a little bit of range to him. Well, and, and this is this is my thing. 
I like Hartenstein. I liked him in the, during the draft too. You know, um, and when you see him, he he he's not as strong as Mason Plumlee, for instance. Like Mason right. doesn't get pushed around by. Um, yeah, Mason's got like shoulders that are as correct, wide as the but that's the reason he can't shoot either. Like, <laughs> right? You know, while while Hartstein can can shoot, he has some touch around the basket. He's a good rebounder. Um, Decent passer, like yeah, he can pass the ball. Um, I uh, he when he came to the Nuggets and on his media day interview, you know, he he talked about basically. I wanted to come to a place that was going to allow me to play. Essentially, I, I wanted to do. I wanted to show what I could do. You know, so he took right. a he took what a two year, but the second the player option with Denver. Um, he's not going to be <laughs> taking that player option. Like he's here to show that he can play and deserves minutes in the league, and he does. Um, so and especially as a legit seven footer. You know. Yeah. Maybe six eleven, but like you know, he's not six eight, six nine. You know, he's a guy. Right. Yeah. No. He's he's a full out. He's, he's a, a five for sure. And the Nuggets needed a five because all they really have, you know, is Jokic. Like after Jokic, your next biggest. Yeah. No other five. Your next biggest guy is like Paul Millsap. Or you know, Scott Hastings gets his dream, and you have to throw ball right? down there. Well, I mean, technically, your third but biggest you guy really is Michael Porter Jr., and that's not a good idea. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, all right. Here, real quick before we hit the break, I just want to touch on this. Uh, if you're a Portland Trail Blazers fan, are do you legitimately concerned right now, or is this just preseason and, and you shouldn't worry about it? Yeah. Um, if I'm a Trail Blazers fan, I would say that their coach looked pretty concerned about it, considering the that he chewed out Nurkic and played his rotational guys like C.J. McCollum way longer just to try to get some headway and couldn't make it. Right. He, uh, I mean, they, 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 he basically did not give his, his big kind of guys like it, like McCollum, uh, Gary Neal. They, they, they ended up like not getting the night off or the end of the night off. Like he played them, uh, basically throughout until maybe, you know, the last few minutes or so before he finally put in his garbage lineup. It was, uh, it was interesting to see the, just the the reaction from from both the stats and the in the bench. I mean, the uh, it's kind of interesting to watch because you can hear everything the the refs right. are saying um, right now. But like to hear the ref get into it with Damian Lillard, who was obviously in street yeah, clothes Damian, in that game. Damian like, was yelling was... about that they didn't like some stuff, and you know, I mean, this was when Melo got thrown out, and you know, you had you had Nurkic who who was having some issues, and um, Damian just started you know talking to the the refs, and they're like, "Look, man, I'm done hearing this from you." You know, I I, right. I get that there's some frustration, you know, being down by You're 30 done. points in this game, but come on. Right. Yeah, so I don't know. I mean, I there was a lot of there was a lot of hype it seemed like for some people or maybe it was just like Blazers fans and and a lot of hot air, but um it seemed like there was like going to be hype about the Blazers and I didn't necessarily understand it. I, mean, like, I got I get that they got Robert Covington. Well, that's really the thing. Uh, like they what they didn't have was a big defender. Um you know, like right. you needed somebody between Nurkic and CJ McCollum size, and they didn't have anybody. You know, they had Gary right. Trent. You know, and uh, so getting a bigger guy w- is supposed to help their defense. Um, and it just didn't look like that was going to be the case. Now, again, it's just preseason. Yeah. Like the right, it's just well, and, and Dame is the kind of guy who will go off and who will elevate his team, but. 
Do you think it's is it more do you think this is uh, these back to back blowouts are more I get that it's preseason but it's also is it is it more a result of the Nuggets talent or of maybe that the Blazers are not as good as people are Well, well I mean, you know, we give the Nuggets a lot of they have like seven new players on the team, but those players aren't rotation players. Like their new rotation right. player. Yeah, maybe one. We're talking about like Composo maybe getting right. in. And I mean, other, I mean, Jermichael Otherwise, Green, it's Jermichael is, Green. Is a rotation guy. Like, Jermichael Green is the guy, and you know yeah. what? Jermichael Green looked like crap this preseason because he's not ready. Like, yeah, right. Exactly. You know, so exactly. having Robert Covington not fit in yet, you know, having, um, you know, Enos Cantor look a little awkward, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. th- these sorts of things happen. Like, I don't, I don't expect them to hit the gate running. Like, they didn't have a normal ramp up in training camp. So right. I, I would expect somebody like the Trailblazers to have a little trouble with integration, and that's fine. Uh, I, I think Sasa is a good coach. I think he'll get them back in order. Portland always goes on these long runs, and they usually suck in the beginning of the season, and then they go on. You know, when it when it starts counting, they go on these thirteen game winning streaks. Right. So. Right. Yeah. That's that's. I mean. Yeah. Exactly. Dame kicks it into another gear, and then I mean, it's it's like it's it's an age old tradition. Yeah. Portland. Yeah. In January, yeah exactly. Portland in January it's, looks it's unbelievable every year because right. they get it together, and that's that's just the way that they've been. That's the rhythm that they have. So I'm not worried about them suddenly like being the tenth seed or something. Well, there you go. There you go, Blazers fans. Some. Uh, uh, sage from one <laughs> Gordon Gross. <laughs> All right, I'll tell you what. Let's go ahead. Let's hit the break, and then when we get back, we've got two games on the slate this week that will actually count towards the standings. We're gonna break down both of those um, before we head on out of here. So stick with us. We'll be right back. all been there. When the budget's the tightest or a time is the shortest, that's when disaster strikes. The last thing anyone wants to deal with in these times is an electrical issue in their home or business. Maybe your light suddenly won't turn on, or maybe a home inspector wants that electrical service changed before you can close out on a property you're selling. Heck, maybe it's not even an emergency at all and you're just looking to finish out your basement or get some power ran to that new AC unit. Whatever your need may be, give Sun Electrical a call. They're a family-owned and operated business that serves the front range, and you can be assured that you'll not only get the highest quality service, but you'll also get the most affordable price as well. Mike, the owner of Sun Electrical, will come to your home or business personally to evaluate your situation and provide a free estimate, and he stands by the work Sun performs as a fully licensed and insured electrical contractor. So give him a call, 719-659-6888. Don't be fooled by the phone number as they'll serve the entire front range from Colorado Springs to Fort Collins and everywhere in between. That's 719-659-6888. 719-659-6888. Sun Electrical, the home of truly affordable electrical work. Yeah. 
right, everybody, welcome back into the Pickaxe Podcast. It is Zach Mikashi and Gordon Gross, DenverStiffs.com. We spent the first half of the show breaking down the preseason that was in 2020, shortest preseason uh, probably since the preseason was uh, invented, but um, I don't know. Well, maybe not. There's been some lockout short seasons. I don't fact check me on that. I don't know. I was going to say, man, let's not get <laughs> uh, It is over, and the regular season is here. Nuggets will start it out on Wednesday at home against the Sacramento Kings. It's just hard to believe. I still feel like it should be like like summer. Oh, league. yeah, I know, right? And instead, the Kings instead are coming. the Kings. Like, you know. They're going to be here, yeah. and they are. What do, we, what, do we, what do we make of the Sacramento Kings? I, I don't. <laughs> like... Darren Fox I don't is know good. What to make of them? Like I said, Say Darren what? Fox is good. Like I like him. Yes. He's he's uh you know I think you've got a he's like a a a a big three if you will caliber uh player. I don't know you could build a championship winning franchise around Darren Fox as your best player, but um no, I don't believe so. maybe as your second best player as your third best player for sure. <clears throat> Probably your third best player. Um. But again, it depends how much he right, grows. Yeah, like, he's the young, whole point man, is yeah. he's so right, young. Yeah. And he's had some injuries that, that he dealt with last yeah. season, especially. So. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, Darren Fox, I, you know, he's not, I guess he's not really young. He's what, like the same age as. It's probably Murray, right? Maybe a year maybe a year younger than um, Jamal Murray, right? Yeah, that, that sounds about right. Because I think he came out the year after. He came out like, he came out, like 2017. Yeah. All right, well. So yeah, he's like a year younger than Jamal Murray, but he's been slowed down by injuries, and he's also been slowed down by playing he's on the Kings. Kings. Yeah, he's twenty three. Like, so yeah. Yeah, like no offense, like the Kings. Twenty three today. Happy birthday, Darren Fox. There we go. Happy birthday. We still think you're a player, Darren. Don't worry about it. <laughs> um, yeah, and, and and I guess that's. But I think maybe that's the thing that is that I I would have hope for for Kings fans. It does seem like this off season they. Finally got it. All right, we're gonna. They, I mean, they finally made the sweeping changes in the front office uh, that they needed to make. They still got Luke Walton as coach, been, which is. Ugh. But um, well, he's not the worst coach in the league, though. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. as far as the Kings go, he's the, <laughs> they they they've had some issues getting a real coach anyway. So right. uh, hey, they had George Carl. Uh, I, I mean, what? Yeah, they they, they had um. Yeah, they had, they had they Michael Malone. The they, yeah, they had, they, they had Michael Malone. They've actually had some decent coaches. Yeah, they keep firing uh, good coaches and then then making some stinker hires there uh, along the way. Like George Carl, I'm not. I don't want anybody to think make me think that George Carl. I'm trying to uh, defend George Carl's tenure with the Sacramento Kings. Um, but yeah, I mean, they, but they, they. I feel like they finally made the front office changes they needed to make. They, they made smart front office changes. They had a smart uh draft this year. You know, they're right. they're Yeah, no, I, I like Halliburton. They did good right. with that. Right. So like there's <laughs> there's there's a lot to like about them. But I feel like my, there's my issue, a lot my issue with them is I don't they're just confused as a roster, man. Like so you have De'Aaron Fox and he can't shoot threes. Right. Like that's sort of an issue. Um I mean he did what last year or whatever but normally he he wasn't good in college he wasn't good his first year in Sacramento he wasn't good last year Like you know you're so you're like well okay so he's he's more of a slasher so we have to have another shooter next to him Well they've got one they've got Buddy Heald and that's fine like Buddy can shoot that's basically all Buddy can right. do You know um so then what are you what are you putting around your point guard who can score but not shoot and your shooting guard who can only shoot 
you know, uh, they went out and got Whiteside, which I mean, okay, yeah, no, no. Uh, he can do some things. No, no, yeah, yeah, he can, he can not defend. Well, well that's the thing, uh, Hassan Whiteside. I, people think that he's a defender, and I'm like, no, he he blocks shots, so it's different. <laughs> he plays like no defense. Um, right. His 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 plan is plan A, block shots. Plan B, let them score. Right. Yeah, I mean, like, but, but that's I mean, like I see the the thing is that they've got like a really nice. Like that starting five group, right? With Fox, um, I like Rashawn Holmes. I think he's a good young center. Rashawn Holmes is nice. Um, yeah. and like you said, Buddy Heald, and you got Mar. The- Marvin Bagley is kind of the one like you're trying to figure out. Like, is this guy a? I mean, it- I mean, number two overall yeah. pick, right? Like, and he's. You're hoping he's he's is he still going to be like decent or is he going to be? Are we always going to look at Marvin Bagley as the guy who was picked uh, right in front of Luka Doncic when you could have just had Luka Doncic? Well, and that's – I think that's the thing that the Kings have never gotten over right. is the fact that Luka Doncic was right there. All of us who were watching the draft were like, how are the Kings going to screw this up? Luka Doncic has finally fallen to you. Congratulations, Sacramento. Right. And Sacramento was like, nah, I'm good. We want Marvin I'm, I'm going to take Marvin Bagley. And, oh, just how rough is that? <laughs> It's been pretty rough, um, you know. Like, I, so they haven't gotten over that. I mean, like, the problem is, you know, they've got like uh, Nemanja Bielica, mm-hmm. uh playing off playing off the bench. Um, he's probably better than Marvin. Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. But but you don't know that, right? And like, you're still like you're still committed. They're they're in the same spot. Um, right now that the Nuggets are in with Michael Porter Jr., but they're even in a worse spot because they use the second overall pick uh, on Marvin Bagley. But yeah, if you're going to give this guy an extension, like you kind of got to figure that out this year. Yeah, this is the time, man. Like, so my issue, my issue with Marvin Bagley is uh, looking from year to year. Like, what was I supposed to see? Like, it's not like he's he another guy who's either. been hurt a lot, so. Yes, and and he again he barely played last year. Right. So the so the problem is I don't know what to expect from him. Right. You know, big men with injury issues who can't shoot, like that's that's a problem because otherwise you're in the paint, man. Like I can't have you getting banged up all the time. Yeah, and that's I, I'm kind of with you. I don't know uh, Marvin Bagley's kind of he's just kind of a weird fit, I guess, um, in terms of the modern NBA. He's a guy who seems like he would have been a great power forward in like, you know, 2001. Um, yeah. 2007, even like, you know, he just, he would have been fine. Uh, he would have had a role. He would have, but I, my thing is I don't see him as a starter, Um, but they have to play him starting minutes because they have to know. Right. Yep. They got to figure it out. Uh, um. So, but he, he just looks like a guy, man. Like I watch Marvin play. I haven't seen a lot of him because I don't, I, I'm not going to be, a liar here. I don't turn on the Sacramento <laughs> Kings on week pass to be like, oh God, it's game 57. What are the Kings doing? What's up with the Kings? What's up in Sacramento? I only watch them. Look, I watch their best games. I watch them play Michael Malone all the time and beat him. Yeah. Like, you know, we see the best of what the Kings have to offer because Malone presses too hard in those games and all of his teams lose. Right. So. Right. Yeah. So I should, of anybody, I should really enjoy the Kings. I think I should think that they're amazing. I think when you look at the Kings, the main thing you look at, like like we said, is you've got De'Aaron Fox. You think, okay, we've got that piece there, but you don't. You got a lot of questions 
uh, around him in that starting lineup, even even though like it's a lot of young yep. guys who could work out, and you got Harrison Barnes, who I think okay, he's pretty just solid. Um, and then you got you know a, a mishmash of bench guys and nothing nothing to speak of. So it's really it, it matters of like either if they don't get some if some big uh, improvement out of guys like Marvin Bagley, if Buddy Heel doesn't finally kind of add more to his game and and well yeah be well, a the consistent is the player they, they added Tyrese Halliburton and he's he plays the same position as the only two guys that are locked down on that team right like you had to draft him it was the right place but you have a million forwards none of which you know are any good right and you've got like you know yeah, your three best draft investments right all play guard yeah and it's, I mean it'll be interesting um to see how how the Kings pan out, I had high hopes for them last year. I think I feel like, but I feel like this year I just I, I don't see them as a playoff team. I see them as uh, one of those teams who's you know maybe tenth, eleventh, yeah. not even maybe tenth. I mean, yeah, they're probably like eleventh or twelfth, right? Because there's teams that like a team like Phoenix uh, probably jumped past them. New Orleans probably jumped, jumped past them. New Orleans, yep. Uh, there, there's a lot of those. Uh, Memphis is now past them. Like there's a lot of those teams that maybe right. a couple years back when Fox was a rookie and was really playing well, you thought okay they're on their way, uh, and then all they had to do is they just had to draft Luka Doncic and they would have been there, but. right? Yep. Well, now this year you you get to play in games, right? So normally yes, we would say not to top 10. eight. Yeah. But now we have ten got ten teams. But I still don't think they're top so. ten because there's like <laughs> and that just sucks, man. When you think about the top like, eight from last year, okay, so Oklahoma City probably drops out of that, and maybe Houston. Um, but you've got you're gonna have Memphis is and and New Orleans are probably gonna immediately take those two spots, and you've also yep. got Phoenix. And you got Phoenix. Um. So yeah, maybe Sacramento is fighting for that tenth spot with, you know, I don't know. Uh, San Antonio or uh, someone like that, but they would need someone to take a huge jump. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Like they, they got like either Marv, Marvin Bagley's got to show out, or like I said, or Buddy Hield's got to become uh, take the next step in his his thing, or there, there's got to be something like that. I mean, you're not Harrison Barnes is what he is, so right. It's uh, and who am I missing? I mean, who's their other starter in that group? Um, was a Hield Fox. Oh, and Rashawn Holmes. I mean, Rashawn Holmes is good. Rashawn Holmes is like, fine. He's, but... he's he's great for for uh, the role that he plays, but you, right. you know, he's not a guy you're expecting to win games for you or anything like that. Exactly, and that's that's my thing is they they don't have people who are going to win games, you know, who aren't guards. So you're you're looking at like the Portland build without like in the beginning when when you don't have the rest of the team you know right now they have two guards right you know uh they have healed and they they have um De'Aaron fox right. and i'm not even so, sold on healed like to be honest with you so wait well, i i don't know that he's any worse than um cj mccollum at the time oh, man, I don't well know. I, that's hard to say because i mean buddy healed is what 28 yeah, right, now yeah, exactly. so. <laughs> <laughs> like i keep thinking like you know buddy healed and Jamal Murray are the same age because they came out the same year, and that is not the case. Not the case at all. Um, all right, let's move on from the Kings. Uh, we, we've spent more time on them than, than probably we we needed to. Whatever, we're we're nice to Kings fans. Right. I, I, Sacramento deserves good things. Shout out to the Kings. Um, shout out to KingsHerald.com. Make sure you guys are checking out that site if you want to get. Right. You, shout out to all Sacramento fans who put up with this bullshit for so if long. If you want to get some in-depth Kings news, that's where I would send you. Um, 
The uh, Nuggets will, of course, play on Christmas against the Los Angeles Clippers. A little rematch from the Western Conference semifinals uh, last season. Uh, let me just ask you straight up, Gordon, are, are the Los Angeles Clippers a better team than the Denver Nuggets right now? No. Is that a hot take? Like, because I don't know that it is. Because I feel like I feel like they are not. They've definitely definitely got worse uh, in the offseason, right? Because I mean, who did they add? I know. I mean, I know they lost Harrell. Well, they add they added Marcus Soul. No, that was Lakers. Oh, that's right. They're all the LA teams, <laughs> right? This I'm trying to figure out like who they. they the, hold on, wait, I don't see. Now we got to figure it out. Uh, Can't believe you didn't know this before we get here. I just, you should, should probably picked out this roster. They added Nick Batum. Okay, so whatever. <laughs> Serge Ibaka. Um, it was Serge that I was thinking of. Yeah. Yeah, right. Old, like, old big, they old big from the uh, the Raptors. You were close. Yeah, like I said, they got they got Marcus Morris. They got Marcus like, Morris. So yeah, to come back, like they got. Yeah, I mean they're they're basically running it back with Nick Batum and Serge Ibaka. Yes, and, and, and again, Serge Ibaka and like, without Montrez Harrell. Right, but I don't, I don't, I'm not any more afraid of the Clippers than I was last year. I, uh, like, now, I, the, I don't think they're. I don't think they're in a different tier than the than the Nuggets. The Nuggets no longer have Jeremy Grant to throw on uh, Kawhi Leonard anymore. Uh huh. <laughs> so I mean uh, that. I, I guess, mean, but that that's that's literally the entire purpose of having Jermichael Green. Yeah, but, yeah, I guess that's very true. Um, and, and that's another guy who won't be uh, who's no longer on that roster. Who's not on that? And that was on ours. So like I don't I don't think that the Clippers got better than they were last year, and I think the Lake, that the Nuggets proved that they're pretty much equal to the Clips. It'll be interesting to see uh, that starting lineup. It, it's a game that actually would probably make some sense to have Will Barton out there. You could probably put Will Barton on Paul George and put uh, Gary Harris on Kawhi Leonard and feel pretty good about that. But. Um, you know, then, so PJ Dozier's four. It's fine. Well, or, but, then, but then you're not starting Michael Porter Jr. is so the big deal. So, because <laughs> um, I don't know how great you feel about Michael Porter Jr. defending uh, either of those two guys. At least I know I would not feel great uh, about it. I mean, so but do, you, but do, you, do you worry about Paul George defending Michael Porter Jr.? I mean, PG thirteen has defensive chops. Yeah, he's a great do defender. You but feel like, do you feel like him on MPJ stops MPJ? Uh no, because Michael Porter Jr. he's given up like you know four inches there in that in that matchup, um, yeah. And I just I like I like trashing on Paul George any chance I get, but uh, yeah, I I mean I don't know if um, that's that's a that's a good point. I don't know if maybe you you just say hey we're gonna we're gonna yeah push it to him because I I really don't like I don't like Will Barton trying to score on Paul George. I can tell you that much. Correct. That's more my concern. So for me, I I don't think that as the Nuggets you change anything. Like the the problem that you ran into against a team like the Lakers is that they would you know the size issue is just a problem because you just don't have four guys who are big enough. Right. You know, but against the Clippers, the Clippers are are reasonably sized for how your team plays. Right, and I'm just looking at this. I'm gonna try and check this. So the Clipper, at least against the Lakers, I wonder if they did this. If they're doing this against all teams um, here this preseason, but I noticed they started Ibaka. So they're they're running their line, their starting lineup that they're running. At least that they ran out against the Lakers um, was Patrick Beverly, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, um, Serge Ibaka, and who was the last guy in that? That lineup 
for him. Um, you know, so they didn't do it. And, and then Nick Batum was the other guy that they've got, they've been playing sure. on out there. And I'm like, well, if you're going to do that, then like, I, Marcus Morris, like your sixth man or whatever. Yeah. Or in the, and so not really, yes, but you know didn't what I mean? They play Baca in that game. So they didn't play Baca against the jazz in this last game. And then they did start Zubats because here's my point. If you're going to start a surge Ibaka at center against the Denver Nuggets, then like I'm taking, taking the Denver Nuggets, like bet yeah. the mortgage on it because there's no way Serge Ibaka is going to stop Nikola Jokic. Like not a chance in hell. And that's, that's the thing that I think when I look at the Clippers in comparison to the Nuggets, and the Clippers might end up, it'll be interesting to see how the, how the season goes. But when I when I think, you know, they could end up with a better record. But when I think, okay, well, if these two teams meet in the, in the playoffs again, am I worried that the Nuggets might not be able to, to beat them? And, like, I'm really not because I just, like, they, they did nothing to stop – the thing that got them destroyed in the playoffs, right. which was Nikola Jokic. So that's my that's my thing. They even if the Lakers are better against some teams, they are not better against Denver. Clippers, you mean? That's what I meant. <laughs> that's what I meant. The, if the Clippers are, I don't understand how they plan to be different. Yeah, I mean, I after either. the playoffs were over, they said. You know, it's not it's not that they did stuff. We just didn't do what we wanted to yeah. do. God, this is they're gonna this is they're gonna go Beverly, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, Nick Batum, and Sergi Baca. That's gonna be like their starting lineup. What's the I average age luck. of that lineup? Like thirty seven? Like <laughs> good God. I mean, certainly in like I mean, if Kawhi's aging in injury years, you know. Right. I'm he, just saying he, he's so like uh, there's like that that is a I don't feel like that's a better lineup than what they had before and like I I mean I'll take it like I again if if you're gonna go with your forwards as your your four and five are Nick Batum and, and Serge Ibaka I mean and and then your three is Paul George yeah you're right I would play Michael Porter Jr. because like who's gonna stop him yeah yeah I play you're gonna Bowl. rotate Nick Batum onto him okay <laughs> yeah right exactly like that's it, it, it's Huh, that's an interesting thing. I like that's fine. So yeah, so for me, I I think they might start Marcus Morris. Yeah, at the four. They haven't been um, doing that all. That's what I'm saying. They haven't been doing it all. Uh, all preseason. I know it's been. But it's it's just one of these things where it's hard to say because they don't have Doc anymore. So I I don't know how much exploring they're going to be doing in the first few games to figure out how the hell they're supposed to play together. Right. Yeah. It's um. We're gonna have to see, uh, I guess, the, how they look when they come out, and because they got a, you know, obviously a new coach, uh, new coach, new system, like you know, most of the same players. A lot of what or, seemed like, like turmoil and uh, a grumpy locker room in the off season. Yep. So, and again, they should be salty. They blew a three-one lead. Like, of course, right. they should be salty. Right. You know, but uh, for me, I don't know. I don't think they're any better this year than they were last year when it comes to the Nuggets. And I don't think that they outclassed the Nuggets last year. And I think that the playoffs proved the Nuggets adjusted. The Lakers couldn't adjust. Clippers. And now we'll find out whether that was coaching or whether that was personnel. I wonder, I wish we had a little dinger. I could count how many times you've called the Clippers the Laker. The Lakers. Whatever. The, I was the team from Los Angeles. <laughs> oh. See, it's because I don't think the Clippers are, are like who the Nuggets are aimed at. I don't think so either. I mean, it's it's just I, I it's weird as they they felt like such an afterthought to me. And then I was like, okay, let's see what they did. They must have done something, and they like 
they didn't. They got worse. They changed coaches. Yeah, they changed Basically coaches. Basically, what happened is they, got they looked older. at their roster and they said, "We we are aimed at like the the near future with this roster, and the coach we have can't get it done. So we're going to switch coaches and see if that helps." Yeah, I don't know. I, That's what you do when you walk into a bunch of guys, man. It's a uh, it's a team that doesn't strike a lot of fear in my heart. Let me tell you, especially because they just again they have, it, it, and it goes back to like the the off season went. Yes, other than the fact that you know it's lost Jeremy Grant. Otherwise, like the off season went very well because the Clippers did nothing to stop Jokic and the Lakers lost their Jokic stopper. So it's right. Um, if they if if Howard had gone to the Clippers, yeah, I would have a different view of the Clippers. Yeah, exactly. Yep, they would be a much tougher uh, opponent, but that is that is not the case. They they instead bring in uh, Serge Ibaka and however old that guy is. So, um, all right, let's uh, let's just uh, what do we got we got we got just a couple minutes left here. So, Gordon, uh, I will ask you before we close here: five games, including the Nuggets games, uh, on the slate for Christmas Day. How will you be watching all five games this Christmas? With the TV off. <laughs> Come on, Gordon. This is, gotta, this is the moment. This is like, you know, the tradition of the NBA. We're going to get that full Christmas slate. And yeah, but but you see, my Christmas tradition doesn't involve the NBA because the Nuggets almost never play on Christmas. It's true. It's so, true. <laughs> like, I don't I don't have a thing where I need to watch. Are you bummed? You know, it's, not, it's not like the Lakers who are always playing on Christmas Day. Are you bummed that we won't get a sweet Christmas Day jersey like they used to do? Well, on that fact, I kind of am. I am too. Like that would have that would have been nice. Like, but it's nice to see that the Nuggets are, you know, getting some cachet. Yeah, right. And, playing an LA team on. Uh, yeah. On on playing an LA team on Christmas. We still got the eight thirty slot, which is you know. The the stupid slot, the West Coast slot yep. for like the East Coast people have gone to bed now. You may play. <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. No, but like I said, at least you're you're, you're playing. Now, you know, it's not the Lakers, it's the Clippers, but you're playing an LA team. It always used to be like the Nuggets and like you know, uh, the Pelicans or like the Nuggets and the pre-Zion Pelicans or like the Nuggets. Uh, I'm trying to think who else they've played on Christmas, but it's always somebody stupid who like nobody was like, eh, like all right, you know. It, they they were the game that allowed everyone to go to bed. Right, exactly. Like it was funny. They used to tweet that. I think it was Pelicans um, Nuggets a couple years ago, <clears throat> and I remember them, you know, getting the thanks everyone in the NBA for allowing us to go to bed, you know, right. by by scheduling this game last. Right. Poor so Nuggets. now the the Nuggets, you know, still don't get the most favorable time slot, but it's nice to see that. They're starting to, to get at least some recognition. Now, they didn't get a lot of national games this year, or at least not in the first half. Right. You know, but the Nuggets the are always going to have to fight for that that cachet, and I, I suppose I should watch them on Christmas just to be like, yep, see what, how good those ratings are. Right. But come on. They gotta, the Nuggets are going to have to, I mean, they're going to have to make the finals and probably win one before uh, teams. And even then, you think about a team like, I mean, you think about a like, team like the Dallas Mavericks. I mean, like. They 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 got went out there and they got that championship and uh, they still never really became a big uh, a big hate. Now I see that and they are playing the Lakers in the primetime slot on Christmas. <laughs> yes, so, they are. Of course, they have Luka Doncic, so that helps as well. So that does help. But we have yeah, Nikola Jokic. My, my plan is to that I I hope to be able to watch the Nuggets play. And other than that, I don't make the NBA on Christmas part of my tradition. I am glad it's part of some other people's, but it's not part of mine. So it's always wanted it to be part of my tradition, but I never could because, you know, we're always like at my parents' house or something or, you know, and doing right. stuff with family. But this year we're not doing anything with anybody. So, uh, <laughs> you know, the first game tips off at 10. By that time, uh, 
the 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 kids will have surely opened and spread every single one of their presents all across the house. I'm so, sure they will have. You know, there will be wrapping paper and screaming. Exactly. It'll be amazing. I'm gonna I'm gonna settle in uh, in front of the fireplace and uh, turn on the big screen and start with New Orleans, Miami, and see if we can't make it all the way through to uh, Clippers Nuggets there at eight thirty. See, I hope you have some donuts and some coffee, man. You're going to need both things. Well, I'll have a lot of eggnog and whiskey, so. That'll be fine. All righty. Well, I'll tell you what. We're going to go ahead and wrap up the show on that note. Make sure you guys are following us on Twitter. I am at Zach Mikosh. Gordon is at GMoneyNugs. Also follow at Denver Stiffs. We're over on Instagram at the Denver Stiffs. Make sure you guys are subscribing to the YouTube channel um, as well as the Denver Stiffs podcast network. That is the place where you will get this show, the Pickaxe Podcast, along with Nuggets, Numbers, Chicken Nuggets, uh, the Garbage Take Show, which uh, uh, debuted last weekend. Then, of course, the Denver Stiff Show rounds us out on Friday. So make sure you're subscribing to that Denver Stiffs Podcast Network wherever you get your podcast at. Uh, and if you feel that we deserve it, we would love for you to leave us a rating as well. Mr. Gross, a pleasure as always, sir. Definitely, and I hope that in your reviews you note that I cannot tell the difference between the Lakers and the Clippers. <laughs> that will be good for us. It'll uh, it'll certainly uh, boost the hate ratings from the right? from Yeah, the it's, it's our fans. brand, man. What do you want? <laughs> All right, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. Listen.